You're listening to My Mag Magazine podcast number 202, sponsored by Otherworld Computing. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com podcast. I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the My Mac Magazine podcast number 202, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Hi there. How are you? So you're on a, a 3G card right now. I am, yeah. I'm uh, I'm away from home tonight. I've traveled to Uh-oh. Cardiff on business. <laughs> yeah, and, and right when we start the show, the 3G network starts acting up on you. Go figure, right? Yep. Uh, yep, we'll, we'll, right. We'll, we'll swim through, and uh, I mean, you are on the road, so... We can expect a little bit of interference. Speaking of on the road, Guy yeah. Searle. Hey, hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> You're on the road as well. Yeah, I'm calling from the wilds of Ohio. Wilds of the Ohio. wilds of Ohio. Did you I... bring a big elephant gun to keep the wildlife back? Oh, yeah, and, and the wildlife is so vicious here in Ohio. Oh, uh, you know, I heard there's a lot of, uh, oh, what do you call those? Uh, buckeyes. You got to watch out for the buckeyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, those buckeyes, they'll, they'll, rip your, they'll rip your lungs out, man. They'll get you, I tell you. And also, getting ready to jump on the road is Sam Levin. Hello, Sam Levin. Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Cool Mac picks, and uh, we're going to get you right at the top of the show, because you got to jump in your car and you got to drive down to Los Angeles. So uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually yeah. be with our buddy Michael Butler and of uh, Rock and Roll Geek Show, and we'll we'll do some fun oh, cool. video stuff, because we, we talk about Mac products like that's he uses a Mac to do everything his entire show. So we'll talk about that on the road. We'll 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 do some uh, video and some uh, audio and put it in the Look, show next couple weeks. Now before we get to the cool Mac, <clears throat> cool Mac picks, you got a uh, new toy. Oh, the uh, Nano 4G. That's it. Yeah, I, How do actually, you like it? I've got that and the iPod Touch, the the new one. Uh, I oh, have the 32 gig one. Yeah, and uh, I haven't really messed around a lot with it. But um, I can tell you that the the Nano I've been playing with for the last you know week, and uh, it's really nice. It's super thin. Uh, you turn it and it uh, flips into landscape mode. And uh, what color it, did you get? It shakes to the next song. What, which uh, color did you get? It's purple. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Guy, yeah. you uh, you have some experience with the new ones too. Yeah. Uh- I had promised I'd promised my son Guy that if Apple came out with new nanos on the ninth, his birthday was the seventh, that I would get him one. And at the same time, my other son Peter had just passed his third degree qualification test in Taekwondo, so I kind of bit the bullet and I bought them each one. And they are they are loving it. Um, you know, they they love the shake the shuffle. You know, that they they got to keep coming up to me and showing me the shake the shuffle. The, the other kind of cool thing is if you turn it on its side while you're looking at menus, it goes right into cover flow. So the the new iPod Nanos use cover flow. Does anybody really like color? Let, let's start uh, before we right before we do a uh, cool Mac picks. Let's. I want to ask you guys separately, David Cohen. Do you like cover flow on the iPod? Um, I, I don't really use it that often. Um, I prefer to, to look at a list of albums and, and pick my songs out from there. So I, I don't tend to use it. In fact, with my iPhone, I, I tend to find I get a bit annoyed. Yeah, what do you think, Guy? Do you like cover flow on the iPod? On the iPod, it actually works kind of well. Uh, where it kind of falls apart is 
if you're trying to kind of go from like genre to genre, it, it wow. can be it can be a little problematic. Or if you have a lot of music, you know, my son is my son guy has discovered my vast you know old rock and roll CD collection. So he's been like frantically bringing up you know armfuls of of CDs and loading it into iTunes. And when he got because he was he was using my uh, my old first G Nano before this. So when he got this new one, the only way he could have movies on it would be from my iTunes account because that's you know that's where all the purchased content was. So I you know he he ended up bringing all of the music that he'd had on his own personal uh, iTunes account on his computer down into my computer, which means of course <laughs> I now have like 1,900 songs on my iPod. So I go into I go into shuffle mode and it's like oh my god what the hell a song is this I don't yeah, remember skip this skip this skip skip yeah yeah exactly I have that problem with the kitty music because of uh, my five year old daughter I was the one driving her to back and forth to daycare now to kindergarten but right. at the time to daycare and she didn't want to listen to daddy's music <laughs> she wanted to hear you know the theme to Dora or you know oh god ugh so and I haven't deleted that stuff out of iTunes so this is a an occasional time that I've got the, the regular full-size iPod in the car where it's got all my music, and I'm rocking out, and the next thing I know is, do-do-do-dora. <laughs> you know, well, how do you guys set it up as a separate playlist? Yes. No, I, I, just hit, I, just hit, I just hit shuffle, so it shuffles oh. everything on the, on, the, on the thing. And that's the only way that I find that I will actually listen to songs that's in my iTunes library that I haven't heard in literally years, some of the stuff right. I've I've still not listened to. I mean, you know, I ripped all my DVDs a few years back, and I had a huge collection of D. Or I'm sorry, not DVDs, CDs. I did my DVDs too, but that's a whole different. That's a different story. Um, all my CDs and Nothing illegal about that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I used to do a website called uh, therockcafe.com. It was a local record store here in Battle Creek. Right. And in exchange for doing their website, they gave me. Well, I think it was one or two CDs every week. Now, at first, it was pretty cool. And I did this for a couple of years, remember, like three years. Right. At first, it's great. You get everything that's new that comes out, even if it sucks, because what the heck, you don't pay for it. Right, so who cares? And then, right. But then the next week, you go in and you go, oh, i got to pick another two CDs. Mm, well, geez, what can I get this week? So you start adding to your collection. Well, I like Aerosmith. So for the next month, I'm going to get all the Aerosmith CDs. So you <laughs> do that. And then eventually you just literally run out of stuff to get. You're like, ugh, well, what am I going to get now? And you want to get something because you're not going to do the work for free. What's this, the best of Don McLean? What? <laughs> so, well, no, but, you know, there was stuff like I, I would ask my wife, uh, Julie, I'd say, uh, you know, what do you want? Um, I like Mariah Carey. You got it. Ah. There's two Mariah Carey CDs. And so when I ripped all the stuff into my iTunes library, I've got a lot of stuff that I really don't like. And she has an iPod that she never listens to, and she doesn't put the stuff on there that's really her music. You know, she doesn't sit down and create her own playlist because it's just too much. There's so much music, it just takes too much time. Right. Well, you got like uh, what, seven, eight thousand songs, something like that? Yeah, something like that. I would open it up right now, but it's so big, I don't want to kill my computer's processing power when it opens <laughs> iTunes. Oh, well, we wouldn't do that. No. Sam, do you like CoverFlow? Uh, I use it sometimes. And sometimes I don't. You know, if I want to find music quickly, I don't use it. That's, I, I never use it myself, unless I'm showing off the iPod. Yeah, it's a, it's beautiful looking, but to find music, I, I use the list. Yeah, it's just not accurate enough. I mean, you're flipping through albums, and then if your music collection is anything like mine, Sam, not every album has an album cover. Uh, right. Mine is 30%. 
<coughs> yeah, I, I would say that mine's probably a little bit more than that. I've, I've put some work into it in the past, but not recently. And, you know, it's just annoying when you go through, like, 50 albums and it's nothing but the, you know, the, the blank look. Right. And, and for some really weird reason, when Apple first came out with, you know, uh, it would go up and it would search for, um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't iTunes. It was another application. And at the time I was using, I cannot remember the name of it. It would actually search Amazon and a couple other websites to find the cover album for your MP3s. And it worked within iTunes and it was kind of cool. But the problem is if it didn't find an album, it would just randomly select the same album all the time. Some guy called Ant Banks and it was uh, some rap guy. So I would see this rap guy. On all these songs, I mean, from like Super Tramp. <laughs> I'm like, oh like, man, that's not right. What the heck? So I'm and I'm still cleaning that up. I still come across that album cover occasionally. I'm like, delete, delete, delete. It's a pain. So, uh, cool Mac pick, Sam. Let's uh, jump into this so we can get you off the show and oh, you can jump you in the car. Much. Well, there's a few few of them actually. Uh, I've got two really nice ones, and the first one actually they're both called start with Axio, but the the first one is Axiom. Audio Byte speakers from Axiom. That's A X I O M. They're based out of Ontario, Canada, and they've got a line of really nice handcrafted speakers that come in a variety of colors, wood finishes. I mean, real, real wood finishes. Now, these Cherry. aren't iPod speakers. These are actually, computer speakers. Actually, they're anything speakers. They're you can plug your iPod in. Uh, it's not. You're you're right. They don't have docks. For the iPod, but they've got this specific speaker is called the Audio Byte speaker, uh, and we will provide the link so you can see all the different colors and finishes. But it's uh, they're very very small speakers that have a really powerful um, power amp to it, and on the back of it you could plug anything you want: your iPod, your normal speakers. Um, with a, you know, it's a, the line-in jacks that they use. Right. And um, it's, they're just really well made. I love the fact that the grills are magnet, so you don't, you just touch and they, they clasp to the top. They look like a really nice set of uh, bookcase speaker system. They, they, yeah, they got, a, exactly. they got a, uh, a, a subwoofer, t- a subwoofer right. too. The subwoofer is called the EP0. Now that is additional if you want that. I strongly recommend if you're going to buy the speaker, buy right. the subwoofer. It's not expensive. The subwoofer is 179, and you can st- you can stash that anywhere. And it adds, uh, you know, the bass resonance, which I think is important when you're listening to, you know, lows and mid ranges of speakers. But I think they've done a very very nice job. It's compact. They've got. A- a lot of other types of speakers, some high-end speakers, much bigger. But I like the fact that you can stash these anywhere. I mean, they're really, really small, and um, they're nice, great. And I have the blue them. ones. Oh, you have the blue ones. Let me click the because if you go up to the website, you can actually click the different right. finishes and see what the speakers look I mean, like. The blue looks. Oh, that nice. looks really cool. It's it cherry. Does. They have burled walnut. Uh, I've got, I've got a. There's something a soft spot in my heart for wood grain speakers. I really, really like. But them. I didn't get the the. They have these are three forty nine. They have ones that go up to five hundred plus dollars. That's the the walnut. Uh, the real. This is real walnut. This isn't just some veneer stuff. And um, I like what they've done. It's quality, and uh, I like the fact that they're Canadians. You know, Canadians are cool. 
So uh, three forty nine for the uh, audio bite speakers from Axiom, and one seventy nine if you want to get the, the subwoofer. EP zero subwoofer. EP zero that's on there, and uh, so check it out. It's on the link. And then next up is our friends from Axio at Axio USA. They make a line of high end backpacks and hard sleeves for MacBook, uh, MacBook Pros. You can use your PC notebooks. Uh, the funny thing is when you go to the site, it, it specifically says MacBook 15, MacBook 17. So they're totally uh, uh, geared and targeted to the Mac audience, which is great. Um, Bob Harrow and his team um, created some really sleek backpacks, and the one that we're featuring is called the Fuse. And they've been out on the market for several years, but this is a brand-new redesigned backpack and it's somewhat rigid but it's soft to the touch it's it's a really cool line it's called a fuse and it supports all the way up to a 17 inch macbook pro and uh it comes in a variety of different colors i've got a light gray with a uh an orange in inside backing it's um it's just stylish bob harrow comes from the bmx industry he also designs motocross gear i was gonna say some of these uh, backpacks hard packs look like motocross design right racing oh. type of stripes and stuff it's kind of cool yeah it's, i like the, uh, the side pockets that they have on that thing too right he's got pockets um you can put your ipod in it's got a pass through for the ipod speaker i mean ipod uh um, cords um, they've done a nice, nice job, and I kind of uh, like the Swift 2.0. That's kind of a, that's really. I mean, it kind of looks like a Ferrari. I mean, right. The Swift is made for a motorcyclist. Uh, it's probably featured. Uh, there's a photo there uh, with a motorcyclist on it. Correct. There's some. There's a Swift on a motorcyclist while he's riding the bike or something like that. Yeah. Pro- probably. And he he's done done a number of branding deals with uh, motocross and motorcycling companies take a look at pyramid and some of the other stuff he's done it's just absolutely gorgeous their stuff and um i wholly recommend it i'm gonna road test it starting tomorrow and it's called uh the fuse backpack it's 159 bucks um it's not uh cheap but you'll understand why when you feel this thing and it's extremely light yet really rugged so that's that's what they have going for them check it out it's called Axio USA, yeah, it's the fr- on there. The front looks like it would hold up really, really well with some uh, minor impacts. I, it, it does. I've used their Fuse, their original one, and I've traveled uh, to Brazil. I've traveled to, uh, God, where else? Italy. I've traveled around, and it it's really durable. The, the key is that it's durable and lightweight, Um they make a number of other different products, a hard sleeve as well. Um, we're not going to feature that today, but just check out their site. All those things are there. And then last, last, I figured we would uh, feature a couple apps, a uh, little segue into App Minute, App Picks. And the two for the iPhone applications are Beer Bounce and Flick Bowling. Beer Bounce comes from a company called Publisher X. And if you remember in college, did you guys ever play Quarters? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. sure. Beer Bounce is basically quarters on the iPhone. I think I played that in high school, actually. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, but with really soda pop. pop. But it was soda pop. It was root beer. That's yeah. What it was. yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's a lot of fun. It uh, they'll mock you with different uh, voices. You know, if you miss the 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 bottle or the glass of beer, he'll start mocking you and say, "Where did you come from?" And he said, "Learn how to play." It's it's a lot of fun. I can't wait till they make it truly interactive with the two player or a couple people can play. That will be kind of fun, um, which still hasn't happened with a lot of titles. So I suspect that's maybe 3.0 software that comes out, whatever. Um, and that's from Publisher X. It's called Beer Bounce. It's a buck ninety nine, and you will laugh when you play this game. Um, and then lastly, Flick Bowling from Freeverse. They just announced it. It just started shipping. It's basically. Yeah, I've already got it on my iPhone, Sam. I've been playing it for about an hour and it's basically bowling with you know your fingers. What do you think, Tim? Mm-hmm. Have you used it? Or- yeah, I have. I played a couple games already. Uh, the first one that I that I, I rolled or I flicked my bowling ball, I got a strike. I was like, "Well, this is going to be super easy." But then I haven't had a strike since. So. <laughs> I, have not, uh, I haven't gotten a strike, and I want to know: can you can you um, turn the bowling no. ball? Can you spin it while it's in action? I, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Okay. I I, I, I've tried different things and it doesn't seem to have any effect on the ball once it's left my hand. But I mean, that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? I mean, in a real bowling alley, unless you're, you know, the size of guy and you're jumping up on the other side of the lane, that ball's going to go straight. It's not going to curve or anything. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm interested to see what kind of tricks you can do. You can pick different types of bowling balls, different characters. There's sound in the background. You can have it turned on, off. Yeah, the guy I picked said uh, he smells like uh, bowling shoes. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's four dollars and ninety nine cents. It's a it's a cool title. Freeverse doesn't they just don't make bad titles. No, we've had them on the show. We really uh, I've been a fan of Freeverse for Years. a decade. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they're a really good company. Good friends of the show uh, and of the website. What's going on with? Uh, at minute.com, Sam. At minute, well, we're we're scouring different sites for news and information and you know, we still get a lot of different cool up to minute news and scoops from all sorts of different sources. Um, if you go on to App Minute, check out some of the latest. We feature some of the videos from everywhere and you know, You'll go. You can check out Beer Bounce and, and Freeverse. We posted the news. The minute we get any kind of news, it goes on to the site. So we're pretty up to the minute. News. I posted uh, information about Missile Command. Missile Command for the iPhone. Oh, that's that pretty would be cool. That cool. Uh, that's you know, really good. The, the 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 classic arcade games. A lot of those because you know it, it's not very complex controls. It's left, right, and shoot. A lot of them. Some of them, it's not even shoot. But I thought Missile Command for the iPhone would be, like, perfect. If Now, you've got it, David? Yeah, I, I downloaded it yesterday, and it's absolutely fantastic. You, do and you, you really, use your finger to, to aim and shoot? Yeah. So, actually, oh. I, the, the gameplay is much is improved over the original arcade game, because that was with a trackball. But, right. obviously, with, on the iPhone, you've got the screen on the side, and you can just zip your fingers across and... Uh, fire exactly where you wanted to destroy the incoming missile. So, um, you know, it makes it a lot more frenetic than the, even than the original game was, and it's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy playing it. Yeah, it's that, only five bucks. Too. That would be cool yeah. to play over an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if if any of you know the game Galaga, remember Galaga? Oh, yeah. Uh, or Galaga. Yeah, sure. Remember Galaga? Yeah. Galaga is what I always Galaga. called it. Sorry, Galaga, yeah. right. I want that on the iPhone. If any of you find anything like that, that's what I want. Actually, I 
I uh, in my when I posted this up there at appminute.com, the Missile Command news, I also said, you know, I'm looking forward to Burger Time and Tempest. I think Tempest would really work on the iPhone. Yeah, you just, yeah, just I, turn, I so. turn your finger all the way around the, the little or just 3D move maze. The, or just move the whole thing. You just kind the of whole phone. Yeah. yeah, just tip it back and forth so you rotate right. and around. So the and the little your little claw thing that shoots just kind of rotates around the screen depending on the that would be a perfect game for the iPhone. Yeah, if you were oh, yeah. if you were, if you were in an airport though, people would be kind of looking at you kind of funny because you're like jerking your phone back and forth all over the place. Now with Burger Time, you would need you know the up down left right buttons, but you know you also had the you, the, the little cook would throw the pepper on the pickles and the onions that are coming after not onions pickles eggs and uh, hamburger and no not hamburger lettuce hot dog, tomato hot dog. Well, that's what you're making. Right. But the bad guys were, it was a pickle, an egg, and a hot dog. So if they were coming towards you and you wanted to throw the pepper on them, just shake the iPhone. That would be cool. <laughs> well, what is, why doesn't, uh, who is it that makes the classic Atari games that you plug into the TV? What's the company that makes, they're, they're, they merge with Vivendi. They're, they're the biggest game publisher in the world. They're bigger than yep. EA. I know who you're talking about. I don't know who makes oh, it either. I've okay. got that little thing, though. But All right. Well, that is what I want to see come to the iPhone, is for them to come out, sell three packs. Absolutely. That you would be cool. Three games. You get, what's the little joust? joust yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. When you're on the yeah. ostrich. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would yeah. be so cool. Or Berserk. You guys remember Berserk? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. There's a plethora, uh, a plethora, I'm sorry, of classic arcade games that would work very well on this platform. That's not to say I don't want to see innovation and new stuff for it, but I also want to see some of these great games that I'm willing to spend five bucks for. Lord knows I spent more than five bucks in my time on Tempest and Burger Time. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I probably could have bought an arcade. I mean, you know. <laughs> but still, I want it on the iPhone. And I own both of those games, you know, already. But I want them on my iPhone. That's just perfect Act- for it. Activision is the name of the company. Activision. Activision. They merged with, uh, I believe it was Vivendi, Universal, or, and they're they're the biggest publisher in the world now. Yeah, but it's. I don't think Activision was the one that did the Atari stuff. Well, they took and published it, I believe. I don't know who did the Atari stuff. Well, Atari is still in business. I mean, it's it's a different name now. I mean, it's Atari, but it's well, it's, Atari it's kind of a whole or, different company though, too. From what it yeah, it's it's not the Atari that we remember. But, but the company the way, that puts out Missile Command is Atari. By the way, yeah, and they, they, also, they they also did Pole Position on the iPhone, which is also very cool. Yep, well, I've heard Pole Position was fun. By the way, Atari is where Steve Jobs really started. Yep. So, absolutely. Kind of interesting background. Well, and that's Owen where our Owen, Owen Robin, absolutely. Yep. Okay, Sam, well, we appreciate you coming on the show with the cool Mac picks and uh, some really fun at minute stuff. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Bye. And we're back. First thing we want to do is thank our sponsor, Otherworld Computing, uh, OWC or MacSales.com. Love those That's guys. probably the easiest way. You know, I was just up on their website, guys. You know, you can get a Canon printer right now up there for 40 bucks. A Canon printer. What, what is it? Stunning photo quality, brilliant design. It's the Pixma IP1800. For $40. It's, uh, 40 bucks. I mean... That's cheaper than it, it, that's cheaper it, than buying a new ink cartridge for your current printer. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. If your ink's already died in your current printer and you're thinking, 
man, you know, the the black is twenty five ninety nine and the color is thirty nine ninety nine. Get rid of that printer and just go buy this little Canon printer. I mean, it, it's it's gonna you could print on photo paper. It's gonna look great. You could do black and white. It's forty bucks. I mean, it's no, it's not a scanner. It's not a fax machine. It's not all that stuff. But how often are you guys using that stuff? You just want a little printer that you can print out something on. Perfect for that. And it's, it's it's a nice printer. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it does uh, up to four thousand eight hundred by one thousand two hundred color DPI, which is, I mean, nobody that's listening to the show is ever going to print that high on a little printer. But you know, it, for almost all your pictures that you've taken with your little point and shoot, it's going to look great. Yeah, and that's really what that's what people want. They want to print their little pictures out on a little printer and give it to your little grandma. Yeah, right? and and this one is especially because instead of having like anywhere from four to seven different ink cartridges, it's just a, a black cartridge and a color cartridge. Yeah, you know, I kind of get a little discouraged when I, I used to do a lot of printer reviews. And I'd open up these new printers, and, you know, there's seven or eight different color ink cartridges that i got to put in that thing. It's like, ugh. I mean, what a pain in the butt. And if one of them goes out, you can't just buy the one, but sometimes you can. But usually you buy the right. pack, and it has all of them in so there. So you end up with, and like, four or five blues and a couple of yellows and an orange and, you know, God knows it's what. Just, yeah, it's just a big pain yeah. in the butt. And it's like, you know what? I just want a simple color printer that has two cartridges in it, a black one and a color one. That's all I need for 99% of the things that I print. And really, I don't even need that. I just need something to print a document. Yep. You know, in that case, a laser printer is probably a better choice. But that's also but a, lot, a lot higher upfront cost. Right, very much so. But I mean, here for for two twenty dollars bills, you can't beat this. This is just a good price. Absolutely. So thank you very much to MacSales.com for sponsoring the, this week's podcast. If you're interested in buying this little forty dollars printer, I'll have a link right on show notes two o two. And I'm running out of breath because I have to, uh, you know, clear the the, the nasal passages, guys. So fill in for me as far as I get. Hello, Dave. Hi. Excellent. Yeah, boy, we just we covered Quality. that. Yeah, you couldn't have heard right, that yeah. anywhere else but here. That, that was That's called right. seamless. So the 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 big news for me this week, guys, and we'll get to the the, the big big news this week, because there is one big story that we'll get to, but. For me, the big news, I've been uh, playing a game on my Macintosh. Oh, really? And it's a little game called Spore. Oh, how do you like it? I like it a lot. Now, I, I like it. I haven't got to the space stage. I'm on Civilization. Uh, I'm building my cities, and I'm going to these spice mines, and that's kind of like um, your your goal, like, if you will, so you can upgrade your city and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but, I've played the, uh, the 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 free version where you can like build the characters, but haven't had it. Haven't that's the second stage. That basically, guy, you start as a little uh, critter in the water, just a little. I don't. What do you call it? A, a single cell organism. Right. And you can design that, and then uh, eventually you eat enough. It's kind of like a Pac-Man game. <laughs> waka you waka. eat enough that yeah, you eat enough of the other little critters in the and staying away from the big guys. And you crawl up onto the land. Once you get up onto the land, guy, that's where that creature creator, that free thing that they gave right. away. Actually, it wasn't even free. It was 10 bucks. That's where that game comes in. You actually design your creature. Your creature. And, does, uh, does the environment that he's come up onto land to play a part of, of the game? 
No, not really. It's kind of generic. I, I've only seen one world, but I can't imagine there are any different. Okay. You basically pick th- three ways to go. You can be a carnivore, um, herbivore, or omnivore. And I, I, the only thing I've done is I've, I'm a predator. I eat meat. <laughs> so, you know, in that level, my whole goal is to eat and kill everything around me until I've evolved enough to move on to the next stage, which is tribal. And tribal's kind of the same thing in a way, but now you have multiple guys and they're a little bit more advanced. And you go around and you kill a whole bunch of other guys until you evolved enough to start a civilization. And what happens if they kill you? Then you start over on that level. Oh, okay. Now, here's the thing. On I, I, you know, I'm a big Warcraft player. Uh, I'm not talking about World of Warcraft. I'm talking about the original Warcraft and Warcraft 2. Yeah. Where you would, you know, start with a little building and you'd build the city up and you'd have the grunts and the warriors and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I really loved it. And uh, and StarCraft is the same way. So I I really had that in my head when I got to the civilization part because you literally start with nothing, Guy and David. You have to build your town hall. And you use, just like the creature creator, to build a building. And they give you a set number of dollars that you could spend. But I, even, I got as elaborate as I could, and I still had like half the money left. Right. Um, and you apply different paint jobs to it, and you make it look pretty much any way you want. And then you have to build um, housing, and you literally build a house. You have to build an entertainment system or entertainment building, like a theater, and you literally build that from the ground up too. So there's a lot of, rather than playing the game, it's designing these buildings and stuff. Then you design your um, attack craft, uh, both air, sea, and land. So there's a lot of building. Now, you don't have to do all that. You could find other people's on the Sporpedia that's already built these things, and you could just use theirs if yeah, you want. Yeah, but that kind of takes away and from, I did, from the game, though, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. If you're not into the whole building thing and you just want to play the game game, then that's probably the way to go. Yeah. And I've looked at some of the creations that some other people made, and it's just amazing. So, I, so mean, I, I saw a 57 Chevy, I mean, and it looked like a 57 Chevy. It had a big cannon on top, but it was a 57 Chevy. <laughs> so I always thought, I thought that's what the that's 57 cool. Chevy needed, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so you're, you're basically saying that any unit you use anywhere in the game, you can actually custom design yourself from scratch. Is that yes. Right? And then your people, you've already custom created them in the, in the, um, in the what do you call it, the stage beforehand. You've already custom created them the way you wanted your creatures to look. So then you get to the next stage and you create your housing units, uh, your vehicles, everything. You custom create everything. And I know the space level, which is what I go to next, is the same way. Here's my problem. I was overthinking this game. I spent a lot of time, probably like two hours, creating all these buildings and cars and boats and, and make aircraft. Make difference. <laughs> no, it doesn't really make too much difference. Well, it depends on what you put on them. Some of them have a little. You you can make it so it's more faster than other ones, or it's, it has more health, or it has more firepower. Um, I try to kind of find a, a balance between them. But here's this was my problem. I did all that, and uh, I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out real small. I'll let the other guys fight it out to themselves. Uh, I'll try to f- befriend maybe one or two different civilizations out there, and I'll tack a couple other ones. And uh, you know, I'll try to hoard what you know all the, the the spices. And I was playing it like Warcraft, and that was absolutely the wrong way to do it. 
I found out because I got to this point where I lost. And so it started me over, but it didn't start me at the beginning. It, it kicked me back like an hour. And an hour before, I was still screwed. There was no way I could win the game. So I started, I went to a new world, and I started at the civilization level, so I didn't have to go through the whole thing again. Right. And then just use the, the same vehicles and, and creatures and everything that I had already made. It allowed me to do that. Right. So basically, I started the level over, and instead of kind of building my stuff up slowly and, and you know, trying to amass an army, I just started attacking everybody immediately. And uh, I'm not finished with the level. I've got one more guy to beat, but he's got like two little cities, and I've got the entire map. <laughs> The whole world, the rest of it's mine. Now, this is like just a, a computer-controlled player? Yes. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you can't play against other players. And that's probably my biggest contention with the game, that it's only single-player. Now, that being said, Guy, once you've created something in this and you share it with the Sporpedia, which is kind of uh, the whole point, your your civilization could be on someone else's game. And eventually, uh, when you go to your spore page on the internet because you get your own like it's kind of like a myspace thing and you can look back in your history and see all the creatures you've ever created all the houses everything um it will actually tell you what your your creatures have done on other to other gamers oh really you know oh yeah they've conquered this world because somebody else is playing and your characters were in that world in his game and your characters were badasses and kicked their ass (laughs) so so you can you can inadvertently uh, download a civilization from somebody else that would just rip you to shreds. Well, I mean, everyone starts on a level playing field, um, but yeah, you know, theoretically, yes. I, in fact, the the first game, the 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 one who was beating me so bad wasn't uh, a Maxis created design. It was uh, some other player that I had saw one of his designs and I said I liked him, and then his player was in mine. And uh, it, it, I couldn't beat him. He was just too tough. Now, when I started over, I got that same player, and he was the first one that I attacked. But I was, you know, I was overthinking the game. I really was. But, but when, when and I just went out and attacked everybody, and psh, I was kicking butt. But when you download somebody else's creatures, do they do they improve and learn from from fighting you? And then can they again then go back to him <laughs> with that increased knowledge? Or? I think that I, I think that was the initial um, objective of Will Wright. Yeah. But I think what happened is they wanted to make this game as accessible as, po- as possible, and they took a lot of that stuff, yes. that real sophisticated AI, out of the so game. So you wouldn't have, like, super players. Right. And it, it's it's you could create stuff to make it look pretty good, but the capabilities are pretty much the same. Right. Some of them might have a little bit more hit points. Some of them might have a little bit more health or armament, that sort of thing, but... It's pretty much a level playing field. So, so it, it's a race. So, do you? I mean, do you, can you win? Can you win by strategy? If you've got, if you've got kind of equivalent creatures, is it is a sort of strategic element to it, or is it literally sort not, of fight not by that numbers? I, that's, that's it's it's kind of fighting by numbers, honestly, because I was thinking strategically, and again, David, this is because of my Warcraft and yeah. my Starcraft days. That's what I was thinking of. You know, I want to keep these guys in reserve and kind of build this base up, and then kind of sneak over here. Doesn't really work that way. You just when you get, at least at the civilization stage, when you get there, and and your predators, your warriors, you just attack everybody. Mass attack. Now, yeah. Now the other side of that is if uh, you're like the 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 non meat eaters, your goal isn't to kill everybody else; it's to befriend everybody else. You're the peacemaker, so you you offer to give them money and 
you help them out when they're in trouble and they become your friends and that's how your civilization advances well, until, through religion and stuff like that. Until they get hungry. Yes, until they get hungry and decide, you know, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. And and you could communicate with the other uh, civilizations in your game. You can send them messages like, uh, I really respect the size of your cities. And, you know, that makes them happy. Um, and I was doing that. And the first time I played through the civilization one, I was making this one particular guy, the yellow team, very, very happy. I was sending him money and uh, I was doing everything nice to him. And then after him and I had kicked everybody else's butt, you went at him. He turned his attention to me, and he was much bigger than me at that point, and I, I had no chance. So this time around, I just said, you know what? I'm attacking everybody and everything. As soon as the new civilization pops up on the world, I immediately attacked it before they had any kind of defenses, and that was the key. And I just, I'm just plowing through everybody, and I'm looking forward to getting to the space stage, which I should probably do tonight if I have the time, and. uh I've heard that everything else in the game really is a build-up to the space level, and that's where it really gets great. So It's fun. I, I highly recommend it. I'm not doing a review because I had to pay for the game myself. EA decided that they weren't going to send me a review copy. Well, yeah, when there's, a, there's other things about that, too. About what Well, you there's uh, you can only install it on, I guess, what, three different computers or something along that lines, and apparently... Yeah, but, you know, this kind of DRM's been out there for years. I mean, there's always been games that you couldn't install on more than one computer. I don't I don't yeah. understand the big brouhaha. I think this is people who are trying to justify stealing the game. Yeah. That's all well, the class action suit that I'm seeing here that was filed in, uh, I guess, the Northern District of California was that uh, there was something on the game called Secure ROM. Which yeah, that's what it is. Right, that's even even if you even if you delete the game and remove you know all the pieces that you know about, Secure ROM stays on your machine. Yeah, but Secure ROM's always been like that. Yeah, that I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing new. Okay, it's just, no. you know, and it's, well, and I've, I've never run into it. it. And I, I know I've been I've been reading a lot that uh, I guess a lot of uh, geeks were unhappy that EA had had gone to uh, using this copy protection. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. If you run into the problem where, crap, I've installed it too many times, my machine kept was so buggy that I kept having to uh, do a clean install in my entire system, and uh, I, I ran up against the three or four times that you can install it before it won't let you anymore, right. all you have to do is call EA. They provide a no, an 800 number, and they'll redo it for you, and boom, you're good to go okay. again. So I, this is a lot of belly aching from... And of course, this is my opinion only. But from people who are going to steal the game and they're looking for justification, and in fact, that's the way I see yeah, it. And in fact, as well, there was a there was an anti DRM um, movement that actually you. I think they tried to use Spore just as an example of raising the issue, um, because there was a big thing with that with the Amazon reviews that, that even before the game was out, there was about you know three hundred fifty four hundred negative one star reviews on there saying, Oh, this game has really bad DRM and you should, nobody should buy it and it was all it was an orchestrated campaign. It wasn't real people actually complaining. It was just right. it was a publicity stunt. And uh, of an course average player but will never run average, into it. N- will never have a problem and even if they do, there's a phone number you can call and they'll get it fixed for you. Okay. It's a great game. I think that I think this is a, a lot of don't get me wrong, I don't like DRM. I don't. I would like to be able to install any software on any computer that I own. I would also like to play the music that I buy off of iTunes on any computer or any device that I want to, including streaming it to my P- my 
uh, PS3 or my Xbox 360, uh, putting on a SanDisk player if I owned one, putting on whatever I want to do with it. It's mine. I bought it. I should be able to. So I don't like DRM. But for what these what these people are doing, and, and here's the other side of this too, Guy. Spore is now the most pirated game in the history of computer games. So that ought to tell you something. Right. I don't think it's about anti-DRM. I think it's about people stealing, and they're trying to justify it to themselves. It's all what, people is. do that? Yeah, imagine that. Oh, my that. God. And, Tim, how does the game run? Because it's um, it's kind of like a Windows port running insider, isn't it, rather than uh, rather than a native um, I don't know code. if it's... Yeah, I don't know if it's cider or not. I do know that it does require an Intel machine yeah. to run on. I'm running it on a 2.8 gigahertz Extreme yeah. And uh, it runs fine. It takes a long time to launch. Um, this is probably the longest game I've ever had to sit here and wait for it to launch. I literally launch the game and go in the other room for a few minutes. And come back, and then I click, okay, start resume my game, and I can keep going. Yeah, but, but that's a bit... Yeah, it takes a long time to it launch. It build all those little people from scratch. Every time you launch yeah, it. Yeah, not from scratch. <laughs> not from scratch. <laughs> but no, you know what the thing is? I really enjoy the game. I think it's a lot of fun. Um... The, I'm, I am playing it on. I think there's like an easy, an easy, a medium, and a hard level. I'm doing it on medium, and uh, once I, I found out, you know, just quickly attack stuff and kill them, you're good to go. I haven't had any problem. I'm, I'm, I might check it out. I might <coughs> have a chance to look at it, yet, but um, I've, I'm going to have some time off next week because uh, I'm going to. Here, here's something funny. My, my daughter, the five year old, yeah. loved the creature creator. And did, did you guys pick up the creature creator? Yeah. No, I did. It's fun. You you just you just make these little creatures, and then you can test drive them, which just, just puts them on this. Yeah, you can, you can thing make them dance, dance and, and you know stuff like that. It, it's virtually useless, but it's kind of fun at the same yeah. time. Give it. Well, my five year old loves. To, she calls making the monsters. Dad, can I make a monster? Huh. Yeah, go ahead, make a monster. And some of them she put a lot of work into. One time she was like two hours sitting in the front of the computer, and I came back and I said, "Honey, it's time to get off the computer. You've been on here way too long now. Wait, wait, look at my monster." And it and it was the most hideous looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was blue with pink polka dots, and it had articulated legs that actually went into its body before it came out. And then it had these big round paints for feet, and it was horrible looking, right? And she said, "Can you save it?" I said, "Yeah." So I saved it for her. So now I'm playing Spore. Now that's the creature creator, right? I'm playing Spore, and I'm on uh, like the uh, second second or third level, and. <clears throat> I'm, I'm attacking, you know, the other tribes and stuff that I find. And then I see this huge monster, and it's so much bigger than everybody else. It's like a super monster in the game. And it's got a 1,000 hit points. And my guys have, like, got 25 hit points. I'm like, holy crap, you stay away from that, because he hits you once and you're dead. And it's the big creature my daughter created. <laughs> How did he get into it's your like game? Full, yeah, that's what I want to know. It's, like, four stories tall, and I'm looking at it. She created the ultimate monster that's, like, terrorizing everybody in my game. I'm like, oh, my God. Did, did you tell her about it? <laughs> oh, I told my wife. I said, Julie, come look at this. Because uh, I can't play it during the day when, you know, when, when the kids are up. Otherwise, it's, oh, can I play, Daddy? Can I play? And so I, I, I told Julie to come and take a look at it, and she did. And uh, she's like, well, that thing's ugly. And I said, that's what Brooke made. <laughs> She was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, Brooke made it." So no, she she doesn't know it Off yet, and analyst. I'm past that stage. Yeah, um, I think we just lost David Cohen. I hate when that David, happens. No, he's not. 
I'm going to tell him to uh, retry it or reboot Skype. What did he? Yeah, he went out of Skype completely. No, he's still on Skype, but uh, you know how the connections get sometimes. Yeah. And I try to bring him back into the conversation, and it just sits there and says ringing and nothing happens. Yeah, no, nothing happens. So that's what I've been doing. I know we've we've uh, we just spent twenty minutes or so talking about Spore. Yeah, it sounds like it's really cool. <laughs> it's a really yeah, fun how much, game. How much um, does that cost? I think it was fifty bucks. Oh, that's not bad for a new game. Which it's not too bad. I, I was really looking forward to uh, EA sending it to me for free for review. E- well, they send everything else to me, so I didn't see the problem. But they didn't send it to me, and I had to go buy it myself. But that's how much I was looking forward to this game. I was actually willing to spend my own money to pick it up and uh, and play it, and I did. And you know, I like it. I I think it's a fun game. I would highly recommend it to anybody who enjoys. I don't want to say mindless fun because it's not mindless, but it's not so complex that you, you know can't get into it. your kids couldn't pick right. it up. My, no, it's it's too complex for my five year old. But it's definitely something your kids could play, guys. Yeah, well, they're 14 and 12, so. Yeah, so it's perfect for them. You still there, David, now? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, stupid 3G network. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move away from sport. Let's talk about the, before we wrap up the show, um, two things we got to go over what's going on at my Mac. But the big news of the week, Adobe announces CS4. Oh, yeah. You guys uh, following this at all? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I haven't had much time. I was supposed to go to... Um, the unveiling thing online and all that, and I didn't. Um, I was just too busy that night, and I think they wanted me to attend something else, but that was going to be covered under NDA, and I'm like, you know what, with everything else going on, I'm not going to remember what is under NDA and what's not, so I'd rather not be there and not accidentally reveal something on the podcast that I'm not supposed to. Uh So, um, it looks pretty interesting, um... It's awful expensive. Well, that's yeah. upgrade from five ninety nine, or you can buy the whole thing for eighteen hundred dollars. Now you know one that's thing. One a thing lot of money. that I think Adobe is starting to make a mistake with the same thing that uh, that Microsoft did with Vista is having all these different versions. Yep. You know, they they I think they really need to streamline that a little bit and and just you know sell the programs for for one maybe have like two two different versions like one version that has everything in it and then you know, a version that maybe just has Photoshop and and some other you know little thingies in there, but just get away from this from this. Okay, well here's the web version, here's the production version, here's the video version, here's the design. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh god, you're killing me. I, I and what happens if you've got you know everything you want in the design version except for one application which is in the web version? What do you do then? Well, you're screwed. Do you buy the yeah, so now I got to buy just that one application, and that's oh. right. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, of course, I, I, what I want you to do is buy the master collection, of course. Yeah, right. That yeah, good luck with money. that. And you mentioned the pricing, Tim. I'm I'm just reviewing um, Adobe Acrobat Professional at the moment, um, and uh, came across something quite shocking. And and this is this is also the same with CS4. The differential in pricing between the US version and the European versions. Is like yeah. in Europe, it's virtually double the price. So, for in- wow. for instance, so for Acrobat, it's five hundred dollars in the US, and over here in, in the UK, it's five hundred pounds, which is nearly a thousand dollars. And Jeez. and I Jeez. I asked them, I said, 
uh, first of all, is this right? And secondly, if it is, can you justify it? And they say... Both, well, why the discrepancy, yeah. Yeah, the dis- I, I'm, I'm, this is going to be in the room review, but the discrepancy basically comes down to, they talked about you know, exchange rates and having um, a separate marketing and and support infrastructure in different uh, different countries, which accounts for some of the differential, and then they said Oh, that's BS, that was was paid for years and years ago. That's right, but then they said as well, and they said, and what we do is we look at what the market um, prices are yeah. And we price accordingly, which basically says... So we, in other we words, price here in the for, United States... Yeah, we price it for what we it, think we can get away with. So here in the United States, it should come down to like 12 bucks then. Because <laughs> with the way the economy is going right now, well, that's about all we're going to be able to afford. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they are, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, from what I've seen of CS4, certainly some of the features in, in, in Photoshop CS4, they, they have this... this um, a contextual scaling feature, which means that you can identify certain parts of a photograph that you want to make sure don't get distorted, and then you can uh, adjust the rest of the picture, and it will, it, you know, so if you have three people stood, stood together, you can sort of scale out the rest of the picture, and those three people will remain in proportion. It's incredibly... Yeah, um, in- that's magic. Yeah, it's incredibly, yeah, it quite literally <laughs> is, you know, incredible technology. So I, they are adding value. I'm looking forward to getting it myself, I really am. Yeah. Now, that being said... I, there's absolutely no way I could afford or justify going out and buying this, but I'm one of the very few fortunate people that gets it for free because Adobe always sends it to us because we do product review of it. Yeah. Now with with software, we obviously we don't have to send that back; that's ours to keep. So I've had you know versions of Photoshop and Adobe Suite um, I, forever. It seems like I mean I. I Every time a new one comes out, I know I'm going to get a copy from Adobe, which I'm very grateful for. But by the same token, when I do my product review, I do look at those prices. I do look at the upgrade paths, and I, I try to think, what's the, the, the intended user, and how much are they going to be able to justify? You were talking about the Master Collection guy. You still there, guy? Guy Searle. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm here. Oh. Sorry. Okay. I accidentally hit a button that I shouldn't have hit. Bad, bad guy. Oh. Bad. So, so the the master suite collection. Did you see how much that is? If you didn't have it's like it already, and you bucks, went, isn't it? Twenty four ninety nine. Wow! Or you can upgrade for nine hundred dollars. So that's oh, the is that cost. That is that's the cost of a mid range MacBook, MacBook Pro. Mm, 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 mm. That is just craziness. Well, now you I mean, guys, you guys is... know more about this than I do. Are there any differences between the Windows and the uh, the Mac version of, of uh, this software? Is there like something that's on the Windows side that's not on the Mac side, or vice versa? Well, yeah, there is one thing, and that's the that you can get a 64-bit version for yeah. Windows, and it's only 32-bit for the Mac. Now, in real-world usage, that's probably not going to make any difference. No. Um, yet, eventually, it will be a problem. Eventually, five years from now. We're going to be uh, pretty ticked off. Well, yeah, but they'll be at CS6 or something like that by then. Yeah. Now, here, here's a question for you guys. Do you think Adobe's kind of rushing these out? Because, quite honestly, it seems like I've only had CS3 for just a few months. I mean, I I've obviously I've had it for almost two years at this point. But, geez, oh, peace. For, for, th- this is the, the standard. If you're in a design house, this is yeah, the standard you stuff have that you have it. to have. Exactly, and if you've got you know four or five uh, designers, good lord, the, you're here's another twelve thousand bucks gone. Well, do they sell? Yeah. Do they sell any uh, like multi-user 
versions of it? Yeah, they do. It's it's called site licenses, and yes, you can get that, and it's, it is cheaper, but still, I mean, ugh, it's it, it's a lot. Yeah, um, but, but you know. I, I haven't researched it enough to see what the differences are. You know, here's the funny thing. I'm looking at their website right now, and I'm on the Adobe Store North America, and I'm looking at the uh, Adobe Creative Suite for Design Premium, and it, you, you can buy it with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? PayPal? Okay. Uh, I don't know if I, I would trust PayPal to buy... Adobe Creative Suite. No, but they're getting no, ready no. to buy eBay or something. Who knows? Who? PayPal? <laughs> no, no, no. E- oh, okay. Adobe. Hmm. I think PayPal's days are over myself. Or, uh, eBay. Um, eBay. I think they're in trouble. They're in, well, they're, you know what they're, they're doing? They're, they're getting ready to make it so that you can only purchase stuff on eBay using PayPal. So if you don't have a yeah. PayPal account, you can't you can't buy anything off eBay. Well, I have a PayPal account, but... Yeah, the... Hmm. But I haven't used eBay in probably best. two years. Yeah, that, do you think the whole, uh, what do you call it? Uh, online auction. Bidding on stuff. Yeah, do you think that's just kind of played out? Do you think that was a fad that everybody kind of went through for half a decade and now it's just like, eh. Because, I, you know, when I'm looking to buy something, I never go up to eBay anymore. I never do. No. The, now, it's the, public that I've had problems with eBay in the past, but I have a yeah. backdoor in. I've got an account with them through my AOL address yeah, now. The problem the, um, the pro- that I signed up with. Yeah, I, I've used eBay a lot, and the problem with it now is that it's so full of traders, um, particularly you know traders from the Far China. East who are selling, yeah, yep. selling, you know, some pretty bad merchandise. It's very difficult to pick out the good stuff from the bad. It's you know, I don't think eBay has done enough to deal with the scammers uh, and the people who are ripping people off, and so you know, I think it puts a lot of people off. Yeah, it's coming and, um, back to bite them. Yeah, I think exactly. I think, and and that coupled with the fact they've had some, you know, some senior management changes, the people who set up the company aren't directly involved anymore. Um, They're all they, in the politics now. Yeah, and also as well, this whole business with you know the acquisition of PayPal and their their use of eBay as a way of driving PayPal traffic uh, and all of that sort of thing. I, I think it's it's it, you know it's all a series of poor business decisions and everything they why do did, now. Why did is eBay? Why did eBay buy Skype? Because uh, they, they had some, yeah, they had some money, and they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> you uh, know, I I still can't figure out the benefit to. Well, them. It's like why did Time Warner buy AOL? Well, that made a lot of sense at the time when they first did. Well, not it. for the not for the um, deal that was done, but yeah, yeah. If they would have done it right, and they wouldn't have, if they would have realized long before that they were operating under a, a failed business model, i.e., dial-up. Uh, subscribers, if they would have figured that out and and moved the business to high speed internet like they should have, long time ago, um, five years ago, a- AOL would still be reigning king. But they clung to that dial up access. Um, it, it just, it, it, I think that's what killed AOL. They're not dead yet. Don't get us wrong. Uh, as Lee, our good friend Lee Givens, would point out, I mean, he, he gets a paycheck every week from AOL. Yeah, I still need to go and visit that facility. Yeah, absolutely. You should do that one of these days. I think that would make a cool podcast. Yeah. Take a video camera. I mean, you've got that little Canon video camera. Oh, yeah, the FS100. <laughs> yeah, take that with you and uh, get some video. And that, I think that would be a really fun, guy. That would be neat. All right, we're talking uh, about eBay. You know, and we're talking about part, eBay. Part of the problem that eBay is having is, you know, I mean, part of the reason why they were king was that they had very little in the way of competition. 
well, now there's UBID, there's WeBids, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of other sites out there that are doing online auctions. So they're d- and they're also most of those places are very uh, specific to a type of item. Well, not yeah. necessarily I UBID. Mean- I don't know if you've ever been to UBID. Um, I actually bought a, um, a you know, basically UBID is has got a lot of uh, how how would you say uh, Y O U B I D? Yeah, no, no, U uh, B I D. Actually, Y-O-U-B-I-D works as well. Looks like they bought both of them. I, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, I bought a, uh, a an Epiphone, <coughs> Epiphone uh, Les Paul Special Two guitar from from that site, and it was you know it was an overstock kind of thing, and they have got some incredible deals on Ubid.com. You know, obviously Ubid.com isn't sponsoring the podcast, but every single time that I've used Ubid, I've been, I've been really really happy with what I've gotten, and because it's you know, it's it's from the manufacturers. You're you're pretty much guaranteed not to get ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, I, that's I, interesting. I think what eBay have failed to do is is re- actually realise where the cool market is, and they've allowed the auction stuff to die away. You know, the the buy it now stuff and the traders and everything. You know, I'm sure it makes some money, but the fact they've started bumping up their um, fees and charges. And PayPal have also done the same. So to me, typifies the fact that you know they're not making the money they thought they were going to make. And right. the problem is, is that it's the people who are doing plain old auctions. You know, you got you got stuff in the closet and you want to sell it. Aren't going to eBay anymore? They're going to Craigslist. No, they get lost. They're going to yeah. You can't find the stuff because you know it's drowned in a sea of you know um, Chinese mediocrity. Stuff. Yeah, mediocrity. Chinese stuff from you know um, and stuff that's. Well, not- I've got a. St- Yes, yeah. I've got a I've got a story about that. You you keep breaking up. I'm losing. It. I don't know when you're talking there, David. Sorry. Uh, okay, no problem. Um, I my wife had a uh, cassette adapter for her car, so she can listen to the iPod in the old car that we just sold a little while ago, and uh, it wasn't working that great. And I don't know if it was a cassette player itself or it was her in dash cassette player. It would automatically uh, eject it for no reason. Uh, I found out later it was her cassette deck because it was getting too hot, so it would just eject the tape. Mm-hmm. So I went on eBay and I got a new cassette adapter. It was five bucks and it was free shipping. And uh, I just found one. I said, "Well, you know, it's just a cassette adapter; it can't be too bad, right?" Bought it. Wish I wouldn't have because when I went back and looked, I noticed it was one of these. They're from China, but I got it really fast, like three days. I got this thing, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to leave them good feedback," and I did. And unfortunately, I should have tried the product first. It was the worst piece of crap. Uh, the cassette barely worked. It, the sound was horrible compared to the old cassette adapter that we got at Radio Shack. Um, it, it was just, it was, it was just junk. And uh, at, at that point, I was like, you know what? I, it's got to be someone that I really kind of trust on eBay for me to buy anything from them. And I haven't been using eBay long enough or enough lately to know who's good and who's bad. So. You know, I don't even have eBay bookmarked or eBay bookmarked anymore. So that's I'm, gotta tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, up on com right now. Obviously, we wrapped up our Paris Mac Expo coverage. Uh, really good stuff. A lot of good pictures. A lot of good uh, stories from there. I enjoy the coverage a lot. I think uh, our Mister Paris has got another article or two from the show. Some companies that he interviewed there, uh, as well as, if I'm not mistaken the company that puts on the show. So that ought to be pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But if you haven't looked at that, go up to mymac.com. It's a whole bunch of stuff after our last podcast, Podcast 201. 
you'll find a whole bunch of Mac Expo in Paris covered. And it looks like we're one of the only Mac sites that did that, guys. That's um, kind of sad, which is actually. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's, that's kind of sad, yeah. Yeah. John Nemo did an interview with uh, John Scott. Tolette. What? You mean Scott Jordan? No, I haven't got there. No, this is this is before that. This is a, a book review that he did, uh, Cool Mac Apps, and he uh, did an interview with John Tolette. That was a really good interview. It's a, it's a text interview. Now, the one you're talking about is you'll find right underneath this podcast, and it's Nemo Chats with Scott Jordan, CEO of Scotty Vest. I was going to mention that to Sam. I don't know if Sam saw that up there or not, because they mentioned Sam in the interview. Um, that was interesting. Uh, not the best video quality. I don't know what equipment they used to capture it, but it's a little choppy, but you, you get the gist of it. It was pretty good still. Did you guys watch that? No, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. You should. It's it's interesting. And the other one is uh, uh, McAlley Air 2 no, Net USB. See it oh, you're way behind on us now, David. Can you hear me? Yeah, he I, he's getting us like five seconds later. Oh, that's not good. That damn delay! <laughs> uh, David Weeks reviewed the McAlley Air 2 Net USB Ethernet adapter, which could be uh, very handy for some people. Certainly. Yep, David just sent me a text message that says, latency, absolutely. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap up uh, show 202 of the MyMac Magazine podcast. I appreciate you guys coming on. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll have a guest. And um, I'd like to get some more of the staff involved in the podcast Certainly. coming up. Rich Lefko, I definitely want to get him back on the show. It's been a while. Uh, David Cohen did the Desert Island thing with him, but we need to get him back on the podcast proper. Without a yeah. five-second delay. Well. Yeah. Are you still there, David? Five seconds behind you. Okay, good. <laughs> um, are have are you publicly announcing the other thing yet, David, or no? Sure, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we, you know what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> huh? I think I know what what you're talking about. Well, we'll find out. A man and a woman. That thing. Which thing? Oh. The I'm gonna type it to you. La 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 la. That. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I'm quite happy yeah, okay. to talk about that. Yeah. I, um, okay. C- congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, yes. Guy, David's going to be a father. Part two. Oh, your second child. Second Terrific. child. We went for the we went for the scan yesterday, and everything's going well. And uh, yeah, we're very pleased. Are you? Are you? How far along is she? She. Uh, she. Oh, it's quite early days yet. She's a couple of months along. So, uh, baby should be born in May. Are you going to find out ahead of time whether it's a boy or a girl? Are you going to be surprised? No, I, I we'll probably find that out um, uh, later, later on, though, probably in about in about uh, two months' time. Cool. Excellent. Uh, well, congratulations, yeah. I, I, We found out every time, so it's, it's worth well, it. Well, I have, I have yeah, an announcement, too. My wife is not pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine neither. <laughs> yeah, there's something that's required for that to happen, and I'm, I just can't picture it in the top of my head right now. But let's, yeah, let's not go into that. not going to happen. So, absolutely, congratulations, David. We uh, we all wish your wife the very best. You don't have to do anything until the baby's born. Just, you know, agree with whatever Everything. she says. <laughs> I've, I've, got to, I've got to get the nursery set up because we've moved house since the last one, so uh, I'm going to be fairly busy. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a break right there. Alexander's going to be, what, six? Six, yeah. Six so, on the baby, uh, yeah. And he's very Well, hopefully it's a well. girl. Hopefully it's a girl, so that way you have a boy and a girl. That's right. That's what the family's hoping for as well. 
Yeah, as long as it's healthy, that's all I cared about myself. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. As lo- well, that that so, and the fact that it should be a boy, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever it is, it'll be a man. Mac user. It'll be a Mac user. That's what it'll be. Better Absolutely. Be. So with that, we're gonna sign off. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.